When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The NFL season may be over, but that doesn't mean you have to stop betting. There's plenty to wager on over at betonline.ag, including their $100,000 Bracket Madness Contest. You only need $10 to enter, but be sure to do so before March 19th. You can also bet on the NBA, the NHL, my personal favorite, NFL draft props, and so much more. Head on over to betonline.ag today and put your sports knowledge to the test. TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy Podcast. Podcast. With your hosts Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast. A little bit later being dropped into your feeds. We allowed the legal tampering to occur. Chris Schubert, Jamie Eisner, Jake Arians here with you. And guys, there is legal tampering going on as we are doing this show. So at any given moment, I might have to stop what we're doing and read to you a tweet from somebody of a big name signing. So we're going to, we have a, we have a plan. We have a tentative rundown that we're going to go through, uh, but be prepared to rip it all up at any point in time. We are going to start with a move that we know has happened because it happened before legal tampering began and has big fantasy implications and i'm basically going to turn the floor over to the the campaign manager for the aaron jones as a top fantasy running back club jamie eisner because aaron jones has re-signed with the green bay packers the contract four years with 48 million dollars is what it can be up to uh with incentives and stuff but jamie fantasy perspective we now know the landing spot for aaron jones he's going back to his old place he's going back to the green bay packers best case scenario for him Uh, I think this is going to be a perfect spot because Jamal Williams is now going to exit. He's going to leave in free agency, which is going to open up some more passing down opportunities for Aaron Jones. Wasn't on the field for a ton of snaps relatively to some of these other top backs. So there is some meat on the bone there. AJ Dillon's going to get some work as well, but I don't see him getting these third down, passing down, two-minute drill type of work consistently like Jamal Williams was because he had the skill set to actually succeed in that spot. Uh, to me, I, I thought about this. I wrote about it for the draftnetwork.com. I think I put him at RB5 right now. I, I think that's where, that's where I had him last year. That's where he finished in total points. He finishes the RB4 in average points per game in PPR. That's kind of where I'm going to put him right now as we kind of wait for all this other stuff to, to fill out. Christian McCaffrey I'd have above him, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry. But I think that's the, that's the list for me right now. Uh, I wanted to see where he landed. He's right now, as we speak, the Packers have not added another receiving option. We don't know if they're going to get in on Will Fuller or some of these other guys, if they're going to take one in the first round. So right now we're looking at Aaron Jones being the number two pass catching option for the Packers for the third year in a row. Jamal Williams is gone, which is going to be a huge boost to him. And they didn't pay him to then not use him. I don't think there's any chance that his snap count goes down compared to what you've been getting these last couple of years. I'm going to be all in on the Aaron Jones train again. I think he is a bona fide first half of the first round running back in PPR redraft leagues. I don't think there's any doubt, right, Jamie? I mean, he didn't go anywhere. If Williams leaves, that's the guy that's killed his snaps on third down for years because he's such a great pass blocker. They came in the same age, same deal. It's basically Joe Mixon's deal. So it's probably going to be fairly cap friendly. It's not anything crazy. 
Uh, I love it. I, I agree with Jamie. I think he's going to be an absolute star. A.J. Dillon's probably – it's going to be the opposite. I think A.J. Dillon probably takes some snaps, and he may poach some red zone stuff. Being that big thunder thighs guy that we talk about how great he is because of the size of his legs, that actually mattered. He played pretty good down the stretch. I think he could poach some red zone stuff from Aaron Jones. But if he's picking up PPR points in the passing game with no Jamal Williams, I love him right there where Jamie's talking about. I think we'll all be aboard the hype training again. And it should be pretty – shouldn't be cost prohibitive for them doing something else. I mean, is it – I've seen four years, $48 million, which is basically Joe Mixon's deal. Is that with the incentives? Do we know what the bases are and that stuff? Have we seen a breakdown yet? I believe yeah. it is. And I think his cap hit is – like nine million. It's like right? nine and Somewhere a half, like, and then the incentives yeah. would build it up to twelve. So it is relatively cap friendly. I think it's right around where the where the tag number would have been for him if they went that direction. So it didn't break the bank. You're right, Jake. It does allow them to do uh, some other things. Will Fuller's a name that's been thrown out there because I I I think at some point they have to look to get another pass catching option in that offense. Like I, I know we do this every off season, but at some point Aaron Rodgers is going to win this this battle through the media and behind the scenes where they just go get somebody else. And I think this is the offseason now whether that's through the draft or with one of these big free agents because again while we're recording this show all of those big names at the top are still available they haven't gone anywhere so that they're still players for all of that uh jamie can we talk about jamal williams here uh with, sure. with this move because listen i think this means we kind of you know war gamed out a couple of weeks ago well if aaron jones goes someplace else they could bring jamal williams back he could take that role that's not going to be the case jamal williams is more than likely going to be playing elsewhere uh next season where do you think his fantasy value now kind of sits? When we, now we know it's not going to be Green Bay. It's more than likely going to be someplace else. He's an interesting name because I think he is going to, as I tweeted out earlier, going to fly really under the radar. He does a lot of things really well. He's excellent pass protection. He can play in all scenarios. You know, he's not elite in any one category, but he's very solid across the board, which is why he found this multi-year role in Green Bay. He was an integral part of what that offense wanted to do, so much so they even kept Aaron Jones on the sideline to keep him in there. I think he's going to be an interesting name to watch for some of these teams that are in this market of we think they're going to draft a running back, but they don't actually want to spend a first or second round pick on them. Like if he goes to Miami to pair with Miles Gaskin, if he goes to New York, uh, the Jets, I should say, uh, those would be really intriguing names. I think you would put him on the fantasy radar, but there's also a lot of teams where he's going to go to and be a true committee back where He's not really going to be somebody that you're going to pay attention to except in the deepest of leagues. So keep an eye on those types of leagues. Uh, there, there are a few teams like that, Miami, the Jets. Uh, I think if he ends up going to a team like Houston, it gets interesting because of David, David Johnson's injury history. Could he have an opportunity to be, play a lot of more third downs? Because they like to use Duke Johnson in that situation more than David in large portions last season. Now even new coaching staff. But those are some of the teams that would intrigue me. I think at this stage, unless he goes to one of those places, he's more likely to be a better NFL signing than he is going to be a fantasy-relevant signing. I agree with that wholeheartedly. The other name that pops into my mind, Jamie, is the Raiders. Can they put him in plug-and-play mm -hmm. on that third down, really protect David Carr? He's such a good pass blocker from the running back position. They're shotgun. They like to use Josh Jacobs. He got more involved in the passing game, but you talked about it all preseason last year. Don't expect his numbers to get a lot bigger in year two. He's not going to be that involved in the passing game. I think they'd rather – him take a few less hits and have a really – I mean, he might be the most reliable all-around third-down guy that you're going to be able to sign. I think he really fits what they want to do, be able to catch a five-yard out and then move the chains, be able to protect David Carr and always be able to pick up the blitz in the right way. I'd love him to see him there. If that's the case, I can see some fantasy relevance, but I think this is more of a real-life football thing than fantasy as well. 
So we had that to start our weekend. Then today, legal tampering began, and it didn't take long uh, for the New England Patriots to say, hey, we're going to go out and give a lot of contracts to a lot of different players. And the one that, that we're going to talk about here on this show, it's a four-year deal with Jonu Smith. So they immediately upgrade the pass-catching options in the offense for Cam Newton. They bring him back over the weekend as well. So he's going to be throwing the ball, and it's going to be to Jonu Smith. So Jake... You know, we know how Josh McDaniels likes to run his offense. We know they like to use tight ends. Jonu Smith now fits in here. They give him this big-time contract. They are going to look at him as one of their top options in this offense. So what does this look like from a fantasy You know, it's funny we say that because that is the preconceived notion that they like to use their tight ends. Well, they love to use Rob Gronkowski. That's not exactly using the tight end. There was one year with Aaron Hernandez. He was really good in a, in a few-year span there. But other than that, do we really know? Jonu Smith is not Rob Gronkowski. He's really good. He's a nice pass-catching option. But right now, he's the best option they have. I don't know that I love that. I like the fact that they're, they're saying, okay, we're going to spend some money. We're going to be relevant while Bill's still coaching. But they're overspending at this point. Some of the other stuff we'll talk about, some of the other guys we picked up. I like the piece. They had to do something. They had to get better at that position. They got some young guys they drafted last year. They upgraded the position immediately. But if they don't get better on the outside, if they lose James White out of the backfield on third down, I don't know how much it really helps. They got a lot of pieces to fill. This is one that they had to do. I like it. I just feel like they're overpaying a little bit, which they never do. Yeah, they're very much overpaying. I like it for John Smith because uh, I, I want to see him get an opportunity to get some more targets. So now this is the, you know, Chris, we were talking about this on the pre-show. There's a give and take here. I think he's downgraded his quarterback situation and the overall offense, but I think he's upgraded his potential to get more targets because last year he was the top 10 tight end in average fantasy points and the 13th in total points. When he was only tied for 18th at the position in targets, he had 65. Like that is career high. So he has the opportunity to get a significant portion more than that to kind of make up for the drop in offensive systems that he's been going to. So I kind of like him in that. And, and you and I kind of workshopped this before. He kind of lands in that like tight end eight, tight end nine territory for me. Everybody knows where the top four are. I would still take Hawkinson. I would still take Hunter Henry, depending where he ends up. I'd take Kyle Pitts. And he's kind of in this conversation now with the Logan Thomases, with the Robert Tunyons, with the Mike Jusecki's. Like, I think that's the kind of conversation, uh, the Dallas Goddard's. I think he's in that kind of cluster right now in the bottom half of tight end one territory. And that's kind of where I'd put him there. But I agree with Jake. The Patriots need to add some other pieces. Like, it looks like they're going to bring in Kendrick Bourne. But, okay, so now you still don't have a top a wide receiver one or a wide receiver two. Like, he, he will help them, but they don't have enough pieces. We'll see if Edelman's going to be healthy enough to come back and if he's even able to do anything when he does. Like, it just felt like the Patriots, did they get better for 2021? Sure. But did they pay a hell of a price to do it? Yeah, they did. I mean, they pretty much overpaid everybody that they signed or agreed to deals with on Monday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, please, please. They have those, these deals are not official yet until uh, until Wednesday. Let's make that very clear. Yeah, if you're telling me that I'm getting Cam Cam Newton with Greg Olson, yeah, I'm in because I'm the first to jump on the criticized Cam's throwing ability train. Other than the relationship he had with Greg Olson for those years, he didn't really have that when Greg started getting hurt. When he was started getting hurt, I don't know that he still has that throwing ability now. I think they're overpaying Cam. I think they're overpaying John New Smith. I think they're going to continue to overpay because they got a ton of cap space and you really got to spend it to get where you need to be. I don't know that it makes them relevant. Uh, I like him with those other guys you mentioned fantasy-wise, Jamie, but he has the worst quarterback position mm -hmm. of all of them, and he has no other help. The rest of those guys have other weapons. 
All right, let's Chris play Alts, a the new wide receiver that's just going to yeah. side with the Patriots. So, we both so Jake, we're going to get the, we're going to get to play a game here because the Patriots have now added. This is the the, the ability that we have here because we're recording this way late in the day. They have agreed to a deal with another wide receiver. I know that you haven't seen this, so do you want to take a guess at which one of these? And I would say one of the bigger named uh, free agent that's wide receivers. He's in the first like seven first or eight seven you or bring eight. up. They're, they're, Okay. First seven or eight. Okay. It could be, it could, it could be Juju. It could be T.Y. Hilton. I don't care. Cam Newton's still throwing the ball. Did you watch him last year? If he's 10% better in year two than last year, I still don't care. It is Nelson Aguilar who they have signed to. The Raiders need so so much. He is now going to go. Welcome, welcome to, to, welcome to Las Vegas, Juju Smith Schuster. Yeah. Yeah, they're gonna I mean, have that, to. That, that feels like that's the necessary place at this point. I mean, they just spent a ton of money on Yannick Ngakwe as well. I know that had not relevant to fantasy, but there's there's a cap implications here to be able to sign a guy like that. So there you go. There's one of those wide receivers that we kind of talked about at the beginning of the show coming off the board. Uh, instant reaction, Jamie, to the fantasy value for Nelson Aguilar this season. I don't trust Cam Newton's arm. Like here's, Dude, he was here's good last like, year. Yeah, Aguilar I, was solid, man. With Derek, Derek Carr played his ass. He was he was their best uh, outside of Darren Waller. He was their best player on offense. Yes, by it's, far. It's easier to manufacture touches and ways to use John R. Smith, particularly in the red zone, than it is to do that with Nelson Aguilar. I think that's the difference between if we're talking about the duality of the, the guys we're talking about. When they get in the red zone, instead of having Cam try to run it in like he did for large portions of the season, he has an option to throw to. Aguilar needs somebody that's going to get the ball down the field, and I don't think Cam Newton can get the ball down the field. Like we tried to, we've seen him try to attempt a deep ball last year. It was not pretty. So I, well, I'm glad Aguilar is going to get some money here uh, for fantasy purposes. Uh, there's no way he's going to be able, in my opinion, there's no way he's going to replicate his next season. You might want to clip that out, Chris, for hot takes next year, but I just can't see it happening. Clip me out with him. Aguilar had a career resurgence because his quarterback was playing at a top eight, top 10 level, not fantasy, real life. Derek Carr was amazing last year. He was spectacular. And it benefited the crap at Aguilar. He's getting bottom three quarterback production now. Especially we're talking about throwing the ball. Real life football, throwing the ball, Cam Newton is bottom three, bottom five. That's a gigantic difference to go to. Offensive line's not the same. Uh, I don't know. I, I, blah. I don't, I don't really care. I mean, that, that means they're overpaying for him too. I'll echo your guys' sentiments there. I'm not going to add anything new to this conversation. I agree with everything you said. But it, the one thing I will add is – for Aguilar to be the first big wide receiver coming off the board makes me think, to your point, Jake, that this is another overpay from the New England Patriots today, right? Because to, to, to not have Juju Smith-Schuster or Kenny Galladay come off the board first to set the market and have it be Nelson Aguilar who's going to set the market feels like the Patriots gave Nelson a deal that he just couldn't turn down because of how big of, big of a number it was. I would think the same thing. It would make sense to me. And the numbers we're seeing from the stuff that they're already doing, they're overpaying. Well, I will say this, Jamie. When we were talking about Jonu Smith and Kendrick Bourne, we did say they, did, they still needed a top-two wide receiver option. I feel like they've attempted to fill that with Nelson Aguilar. Now, will fantasy-wise, he'll be able to put up that kind of production. Doesn't really feel like that's going to be the case. By the way, I know we haven't talked about this yet, but uh, I think, Chris, you'd be a little surprised by the Yannick Ngakwe deal. Two years, twenty-six million is all the is, was all wow, that deal. That is a so. that is a extremely low number. We were we were taking predictions in the pre-show of what that number was going to look like. Well, I the only the only thing I said in the pre-show was because of what Judon got, I thought Ngakwe would get a little bit more because he's a younger player. Judon's deal is insane in the opposite direction. Yes, Ngakwe has a unique name. He's not a unique player. He doesn't have any value to go with the cool name. He doesn't put up numbers. He didn't put them up. In, in Jacksonville, he didn't put him up in Minnesota. He didn't put him up 
last year in Baltimore. He didn't do anything. $13 million a year for him, for a starting edge guy, is, is pretty good. I mean, I think that's what that one. Judon's is nuts. He didn't put up giant numbers either. What's that deal? Judon was 456. Yeah, 456. That's a big number for the that's Patriots. Huge. Yeah, it's a big yeah. number. I think it's like the highest deal a, a Patriots have given a defensive player. And Jonu Smith was the highest number that Bill Belichick had ever given to had ever given to a pass rusher or to a pass catcher in his in his tenure as general manager of the, of the team. Look, so, the cap is what it is. They had plenty of space. They're a bad team. They got a long way to go. If they're going to overpay guys now, they're not doing it the Patriot way, and that's getting guys on hometown discounts, really good players that want to come play there. What it's telling you is nobody wants to go to New England anymore without Tom Brady. Yeah. So maybe it right? wasn't the Patriot way. Maybe it was the Brady way. Well, it's I'm just saying, way. if you wanted to take less to go to a good team, we talked about this the other day on the show. How many good players, good players, Casey Hayward just got released the other day, mm-hmm. really good players are going to want to sign one-year deals, wait for the cap to go back up, and they're going to want to go on good teams to do it. Yep. I don't see the Patriots pulling those guys. I think they're overpaying for these guys because they're trying that. And these agents are going, no, no, here's the, here's the number. Pay for it. We'll, we'll, we'll agree right now. You overpay everybody else. Well, we got what we asked for in the pre-show. Jamie and I were, were discussing at the moment we started the show, a wide receiver would, would sign somewhere and we would have to discuss it on the show. So we've checked that box here. Um, we will wrap up discussing some of the other big time signings, not necessarily fantasy related, but they could have an impact because the cap dollars could impact where some of these guys go. We mentioned the two defensive moves, uh, Judon, Yannick Ngakwe coming off the board. Some of the big pass rushers that were available. Uh, the Bucks, Jake, they, they take care of business. Shaq Barrett's coming back. They're kind of taking care of all the guys that they wanted to bring back feels like anybody that, that has wanted to come back has been able to come back they've been doing some great uh, cap magic brady restructuring his contract so they're crossing off a lot of those names of guys that they want to bring back for next year oh, yeah i absolutely love it I mean, Shaq was a vital piece getting levante deal that deal done the ownership saying okay we're always in great shape but we have a window that we're not normally that we don't normally have so we need to kick the can down the road a little bit fine like they put those voidable years on levante's deal to make it 23 million next year but i think his cap number is three and a half Greenberg and company, Jack Davison, have been unbelievable at getting this done. And they've, they've been allowed from ownership to have the freedom to get it done. I would expect them to get the other key pieces done. I would expect Gronk to be back. Is there interest in Gronk from other teams? Hell yeah, he played 20 games last year. It was a beast. There's going to be other interest. He's never played with anybody other than Tom. I would be shocked if he goes anywhere else. And I would expect to get the other pieces back that they need. Uh, they're pretty much got the band back together to go for two. I mean, this, those were the big pieces, right? You get the Levante, you get Shaq Barrett, you got Chris Godwin, you get Gronk back, Sue back, whoever those, those other guys they decide to do with the little bit of money they got left. It, it was phenomenal. But that's what Brady does. He was already the 13th highest paid quarterback coming off one of his best years ever. Restructure it, get another guaranteed year, year deal, put avoidable year in there. So his cap member goes down and saves him $19 million. I mean, it's brilliant stuff, but you got to put up another one in the next two years while this window's open because you're going to have some dead money eventually. He but they count- never do, so I love that. He counts for 5% of the cap next season, Tom Brady does, just to put that into perspective. He counts for 5% of the cap next year. That is what, uh, that is what has made him so good and has allowed him to, to go to as many Super Bowls uh, as, he, as he has. Uh, Jamie, 
Let's wrap up with this. And this is a very dangerous game that we're about to play here on the podcast, because I'm going to ask you which of the wide receivers that is still left comes off the board net next. And that comes at the risk of the moment we're done with the podcast, somebody signing and you look, you looking bad and Jake, you're getting the same question right after it. So just prepare yourselves accordingly here. So the next wide receiver off the board, Nelson Aguilar is the first big name. The next off the board is who and where are they going? I'm going to say it's Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, and because I think his market is going to be a little bit more specialized than a guy like Kenny Galladay, who seems willing to wait. And I think a guy like Corey Davis, who I think will end up being the secondary target for teams that miss out on the Galladays of the world. Uh, I think Juju Smith-Schuster, whether it's with a team like Baltimore, whether it's a team like two, two, yep, years, I said, 20, two yep. years, 26 Yannick million Ngakwe, and Nelson Aguilar are the same amount of money. Listen, everybody, this Good is what you're getting Lord. on the show here. Reactions live right. to tweets. They both okay, wait a minute. I, I, I don't not only take back what I said. I emphasize that they're overpaying for everybody. Two years, that is nuts. I knew the receiver market My was going to be crazy, but that's insane. That's the, I agree that's, that I think – I agree I think it's Juju, Jamie, because I think Galladay's waiting. I think Corey Davis is going to wait. Yeah. I don't think any of these guys are going to be that big of a hurry, and I think some of these teams are going to panic a little bit, and they're going to say, I'll take the young guy, which we think has some upside, who plays multiple positions, who's tough as hell, and we don't care that he's a great kid, but he likes TikTok. Yeah. But some, of these, some of these teams are going to have a problem with that. Some of them are going to see it for what it is, and it's not a big deal. If TikTok is the biggest problem you have with a star diva receiver, which he's not, that's not a problem. Star diva receivers making 18, 19 million that have dope smoking problems, DUIs, beaten wives. Those are problems, right? He likes to do TikTok dances and has a huge social media following. Not really the, the, the risk elevation that some yeah. of these other guys have. He, you know he I mean? dances on the other team's logo. Like, th- that's which he probably talking. won't do anymore. But, but I bet you he doesn't somewhere. do that next year. But hold on. No. That's what we're talking about here. Like that's that's the not, biggest criticism of him. It's not going to be Baltimore. They're not they're not spending the money. Juju's going to be a seventeen eighteen million dollar a year guy, well, and I think Galladay is going to be nineteen or twenty. If, and based if, off of freaking Aguilar, right? If Aguilar's thirteen million a year, like, uh, what is what are Juju and Galladay worth? What is Corey Davis worth? What? How great are the Bucks sitting here with franchise Godwin for sixteen million? If, yeah. if Aguilar's thirteen, crazy. Absolutely yeah, I, I could see the look in Jamie's eye when he was talking about Juju and where he was going to go because I saw the tweet at the same time and I could just see the look in his eye that he saw the tweet and he saw the I want to make sure I read it right. I got, I got all the numbers and I didn't do something. Uh, but yeah, uh, but I do think it's true just because, you know, his market's going to be a little bit different. I don't know where like the Will Fuller market's going to end up being uh, given the fact that he has have an extended injury history. He's got the one game suspension to start the year. I, 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 so to me, I think there's a clearer path for Juju to sign somewhere because I think you know what you're getting. Like, I yeah. think the teams, I, I think he's going to fit on certain teams. I think you know what you're going to get. I'm curious to see where he winds up and will they open things up for him more? Because, like, his average depth of target last year was like five and a half yards. Like, he did not, they, the way he was used in Pittsburgh the last couple of years and last year in particular was way different than what we saw a few years ago. But uh, I think he's going to be the next domino to fall. And we'll see if this Aguilar signing at least starts to kick off this wide receiver market like we saw earlier today with a lot of the edges and the interior offensive linemen that started to snowball in the couple hours after their first player came off the board. I'll say that. I think T.Y. Hilton's probably soon because I think he stays in Indy. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's messing with the market too much. I think they're going to be able to keep him. I got a dark horse for you for Juju, which would be blow our minds. The Chargers have moved a lot of money around here lately. Trey Turner gone. Casey Hayward gone. They got another day and a half to get some other pieces put in place. You put him on the other side of Keenan Allen and Juju. Now they can both move around. Keenan can go in the slot. Juju can go in the slot. 
with that quarterback arm, that could be really interesting because now you're talking about that's a place he would want to go. I also West Coast kid from California. That, LA that's guy, an interesting I mean, one too. I like that a lot, especially if they're not going to be able to sign to, re, to bring back Hunter Henry, which they're still in that conversation with. Mm-hmm. He's yep. interesting because I do think they need another weapon there. Like I, I, I like, I, as I'll continue to say, I think for the, the third podcast in a row, I like the talent of Mike Williams, but the consistent production from him because of injury history and the type of receiver he is, isn't always there. And I think getting that, that true number two option for you and Juju Smith-Schuster, especially with Hunter Henry already being gone, would be huge. I love how interchangeable those guys are. Because yeah. if Mike is healthy and stays out wide, then you can you can move those guys around. Man, that, I'd be be fat. I mean, he's probably a little bit far-fetched, but they've moved enough money around that they could probably get this done. And also, like you, you think about the red zone package that could have Mike Williams, Donald Parham, Keenan Allen, and Juju Smith-Schuster. Completely so, so separate, different skill sets, but can do like how do you defend that? How do you defend that inside the ten? Like you have the two guys that are gonna you have to watch out for that are gonna just leap over everybody and make these unbelievable physical catches, and two strong route runners that can come underneath. Like how do you defend that? It's I guess it's be, getting the Herbert quicker. This is yeah. the make well, sure they then you, then the you spread the everybody out. And you hand it to Aguilar or hand it to uh, Eckler. Eckler, yeah. So I, I feel like since we brought up the Chargers, it is a good thing to mention here on the show that they have uh, attempted to address the, uh, the, the pressures that were getting to Justin Herbert last year. They're going to sign uh, Corey Lindsley to a deal. And I, I think the thing to note here fantasy-wise is if Justin Herbert is upright and isn't getting all those pressures, his numbers are going to go through the roof because we saw what he was able to do last year in an offense that didn't do that great of a job protecting him. And it was a top priority for them this offseason considering the money that they gave out to Corey Lindsley. Jamie had a really good tweet. So, Jamie, I'll give, you, I'll give you credit here that you, you tweeted, oh, we've reached the protect the franchise quarterback hour of uh, the legal yeah, tampering window in. because we yeah. had these different windows of the day. Now it appears to be the wide receiver window uh, has, has kind of begun. But there was that hour there where the Chiefs uh, got, got Joe Tooney and the Chargers uh, got Corey Lindsley. So there have been uh, just been moves made everywhere, and they've been in these little pockets of time. Uh, so those two, those two guys uh, got, got some protection. It's going to be great for both of those guys fantasy-wise. If they, uh, we saw what pressures did to Patrick Mahomes late in the season. So if they're able to protect those guys, it's, it's, it's a big home uh, run. Are they going to move Tooney to tackle? Because I don't think it matters. No, they, no they're, they're getting I, – I know they like Cosme a lot. We'll see if Slater falls to them there and they can play him in spot or fair talk. They're going to have, they're going to have to spend a lot more because so they're going to play a rookie at one of the two tackles. Cause they lost them both. They're going to have to. <laughs> Cause right now, that's I mean, only they, one. What are they doing? Oh, I know. All right. The, oh. Lin, the Lindsley deal. I absolutely love. That's more important than getting Juju. Yes. yes. Y- have, young, young center something. that plays that you can match with your quarterback and you need to protect and they can play, they can yeah. play the next six, seven years together. Mm-hmm. It's Jeff Saturday and Peyton Manning. Like, it's yeah. that vital of having that relationship. I love that. Now, you could add a weapon with that. That offensive line, healthy, they were never healthy last year either. They made some nice additions last year. The Trey Turner thing, letting him go, that kind of hurts. But that, that was four, what, $14.8 million, whatever they saved on that, that was huge. By the way, speaking of players who are cashing in off of uh, a rebound season, Leonard Floyd, uh, $16 million per, looks like, from the Rams. So clearly what, we, what we've learned here today is that teams are going to overpay in, in maybe in a year when we thought they weren't going to overpay. And we should have done this podcast this morning because the moment we press record, a bunch of stuff happened. So that's, those are the two things we learned. From well, the then this, they all resigned earlier if we, we started earlier. Like, you know how this works. Right. How many right. years is Leonard, Leonard Floyd's deal, Jamie? Uh, Not it, sure oh, yet. I got it. I got it for oh, you. you got it? Four years, $64 million for Leonard Floyd with the Rams. At the level he played this year, that's not overpaying. No, but he's got to he's got to replicate it. 
Right, but he played at a $16 million level. The elite, elite guys, like Shaq Barrett took yeah. a little less to come back to the Bucks. He could have got more than that on the open market, I think. But you're talking about Jadavia and Clowney screwed it all up saying, I want 20 and holding out and not getting it. Nobody's yeah. gotten there yet. No, yeah, yeah. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, but nobody's gotten there yet. That's still the number, mm-hmm. but nobody's getting close. I mean, I don't think we're going to see that now. We're going to see a receiver hit 20 before we see a pass rusher get 20. I would like to retract the statement that I made on the show last week that a bunch of guys were going to take one-year prove-it deals and go play for teams, and then re- when the market resets next year, go take contracts, because that appears to not be the case. That, mu- that was a Why? complete – all of these big names are signing multi-year deals. I- I've completely whiffed on this take. No, I'm, I'm, I, it's my take. I'm 100% in on this take. Okay. I've been 100% on this take for months. We're not talking about those guys yet. We're talking about the top – Top names at each position. You're not talking about solid starters, the four, five, six million dollar a year guys. Yeah. The Casey Haywards. Casey Haywards sitting oh, back going, okay, yeah, that, I get paid again. I'm, I'm elite at my position. If he was a free agent this whole time and didn't get released two days ago, he's, the, he's one of the top DBs we're talking about. All I right. still think that's the case. It has to be the case, Chris, because everybody, the cap came down. No, I listen, I understand that, but I mean, the Patriots are ha- handing out money like they're printing it themselves. So, well, you have to spend it. They would have yeah, the fourth, they don't have anything. Space. The Rams are still a team with a ton of cap space. Wait, the Rams wait, are still have negative can, cap can space. We check so. on, can we check on the Rams' cap space situation? I didn't think they could do that. I didn't know. I thought they were still over the cap. I, uh, my, my question was about to be who they cut. Well, we'll find out. Gonna be, next, gonna be, we'll find out before 4 p.m. Wednesday. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Okay, so that's going to do it for us here on the Monday edition. As you can tell, a little scattershot because there's a lot of stuff going on. We knew this was going to be the case with the legal tampering window. We tried to push the show as late into the day as we could, and it still ended up going all over the place. We will be back on Wednesday, but we again, I'm going to warn everybody now, we are going to record the show later in the day on Wednesday, so it might hit your feeds late Wednesday night, early Thursday morning because the league year opens up, and we expect more stuff to happen over the next couple days, so we want to give ourselves as much time as humanly possible to be able to react to all of this stuff, uh, the stuff that's going to happen between now and then. Uh, Jamie, final thoughts here on the podcast on what has been a wild episode and a wild day in the National Football League. Uh, Two things real quick. One, I mean, good for you, Nelson Aguilar. Uh, Bet on yourself and got paid. Um, I I don't love the situation, but you know what? The situation doesn't matter when it's in your bank account. So uh, good ups to him for getting that opportunity and we'll see what the actual incentives and all this stuff work out to be. But Helpful deal for him and his agent. Uh, and then two, the last one that I think we'd be remiss, even though this is a free agency show, to not mention that congratulations to Drew Brees in his retirement. Fantastic career. The trajectory of the Saints organization changed completely the day he signed there. Uh, and if, again, those of you that have been around and watch football long enough know what the Saints were in the mid-2000s when he got there and the, the entire history of what that team was well before then to what it's been this last run here. So Hell of a year for him, hell of a career for him. Uh, and I think this was the good time to go out. Um, they, I, I think another year we might have started to see some deterioration that would have been tough to watch. Like we've seen some deterioration, but he wasn't embarrassing himself out there. I think we were getting to that point with him and his arm with all the injuries that have been building up. I'm glad he walked away. You know, it's unfortunate for him and for Saints fans, you didn't get that second ring, but you got one which I would guarantee you 20 years ago, you wouldn't have believed you're ever going to get that one. Mm-hmm. So what a fantastic career from him. Good luck in retirement. I think it's going to be very interesting and some interesting synergy that he and Philip Rivers could go into the Hall of Fame in the same year, considering how their careers crossed very early on. Jake, final thoughts that, on the show. That's a very interesting point, Jamie. I like that. That was, uh, that's, that's cool. Uh, the Patriots are overpaying like crazy, and I guarantee it doesn't equate to more than eight wins.
I'll say it now. You want to take the hot take? Wow. Put that one, mark, mark it down today. Yep. Let me write it down. That's, that's, not, that's not how you get there in today's world, man. You cannot overpay for okay players. It's not the Patriot way. I'm kind of shocked to see three deals already that have done that they've overpaid for okay players. Like John o. Smith's the best of the bunch, but they, they paid a lot of money to get that done. Uh, I don't think I see that trend continuing from a lot of teams. Most teams don't have that much space. I think we're going to see a lot of teams getting creative. I can't wait to see who the Rams cut. And now that Drew Brees is retired, I think that's four guys now. The Saints are up to $40 million in dead space next year. That would be really interesting. And they still have $40 million to go to get out of the cap in two days. Be really interesting to see what happens there. I know they've restructured a couple things in the last 24 hours, and I can't do the math that fast in my head. But they still got a ways to go, and I cannot wait to see how much dead money is they're actually paying for when it's all said and done. Uh, I will give you the, the short answer to that. Right now, it is $23 million in dead money, but they are still over the cap for this year. So they're going to have to do more in order to get under that number. So that number might grow. So did Drew, did Drew re-signing that weird thing take his $26 million in dead cap space to spread it out? He did that a long time ago, and that's already been reflected, at least in the number that I'm looking at on overthecap.com. Um, By the way, so, just to put a bow on this episode, oh, Rob Gronkowski back to Tampa Bay, one there, year, 10 million. There you go. There you go. One year, 10 million bucks. So there you go. Tie so, in option. That's there, good. There's, my, there's that. my bow, baby. That's everybody. There's, there's the ball at the end of that. So again, another player that enters that, that conversation in the back part of that tight end one territory for fantasy purposes. So uh, I guess what Sue is, is all that's left of the, the, the major, major names for Tampa. Yeah. Yeah. And this draft would be really interesting because they got all those guys back, man, it gets really interesting what they can do, what they need to do at 32. All right, I'm going to get us out of here before more things more happen that we, yeah, that we have to react to. We will save them for the Wednesday edition of the show. So, Jamie, very quickly, where can everybody follow you on social media? You can follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter and at Eisner Fantasy on Instagram. Didn't see any fantasy content from you today, so I'll be looking for that later on in the in It's been a busy day, Chris. It has been be a bunch, a bunch of eyeballs like this <laughs> on his Instagram tweet. Yeah. Jake, where can everybody follow you on social media? Jake B. Arians on Twitter and Arians NFL on Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter at Shoe Radio and follow the show at TDN Fantasy. Everybody enjoy what is going to be a crazy couple of days here. We will be back on Wednesday to break everything else that happens from the moment we stop hitting record on this show to the moment we press record on uh, Wednesday's show. We will have it all for you on Wednesday. Have a good one. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.